Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School, helping visionaries make the impact they were meant to make. Why should I build my network? This was a precarious question asked by my son that we're going to dive deeply into on this episode. But first, I got a funny papers edition to share. In August of 2021, I ventured to Nashville, Tennessee for the first time ever. I was attending this amazing conference called Podcast Movement. I'm a podcaster, I go to the podcast conference, but that wasn't always the case. This is my third time to this conference. I went to the one in Philadelphia, which is where I'm from and living. That was easy, suckered me right in. Then I went to Orlando the following year in 2019. Both those years, I didn't have a podcast. But if you've listened to my very first episode of this show, you'll know that the Orlando podcast movement is where I met Kwame Christian, which is how... I was put into accountability to get it launched, this show, two months later. Hence, I came back to my third podcast movement in Nashville with a show. That was really cool to see my friends. Hey, by the way, I'm here. This time I've got my own show. Now, I love the conference because there's some heavy hitters there. I've been working my way into kind of getting to know some of the different people and some of the different speakers and some of the bigger podcasters. And from time to time going, I meet more and more people. So I had the privilege to be in a private dinner with Kate Erickson and some top performers in the podcast space and just entrepreneurs in general. Now, Kate Erickson is the co-leader of Entrepreneurs on Fire with John Lee Dumas. And at that dinner, which was $100 a plate, which is a little bit out of my league, but I wanted to be at that table and I was invited and I didn't care how much it cost because I knew that the association of those people was going to be huge. I connected with a new friend of mine, Joe Sanok, who is the author of the upcoming released book, Thursday is the New Friday. I'm excited to get that book because it's kind of a new take in a sense on the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. So Joe Sanok is a single dad. I share with him my book. And that book, Arctic Land, for dads to read to their kids, ages 7 to 11, 12-ish. He loved the idea. I passed him the book. And he says, Ken, you need to meet this guy named Jim. He passed me his cell phone number. I connected with Jim for breakfast at Cinnabon the next morning. Cinnabon is not a breakfast place. Bet me in the Gaylord Resort at Opryland in Nashville, Tennessee. We were staying in the Delta area wing, whatever you want to call it, Delta Atrium. It's a huge place. And there's a beautiful stone cobbled walkway with really cool shops and food places. And then there's this stone water fountain where you can toss your pennies and nickels and dimes and and do your wishes and tables on the side. And then the Cinnabon on the corner. I went to the Cinnabon a few times for their coffee. I liked the coffee they had. I got a little Cinnabon syrup thrown in there. And this particular morning, Jim and I met And I was so moved. Now, I'm not going to share too much on Mr. Jim, but he's a new friend of mine. And he has multiple podcasts telling kids stories. And he's got multiple millions of downloads that have happened in the past 18 months. It's really cool. He totally inspired me. I was so thankful. I had worked my way 
up my network, to grow better relationships, to be at that dinner, to meet Joe, to get connected to Jim, another high performer. And Jim inspired me to get back to writing my own books. And I was so jacked leaving that breakfast. Jim and I went to the next sit-down session. It was a keynote, and Mark Cuban was coming in to talk about the future of content. Jim and I sat together and just connecting more post-breakfast. It was awesome. And then I looked at Jim as I touched my face, realizing there was no glasses on my face. Jim, did I have glasses when I came in here? Uh, I don't know, Ken. I said, Jim, did I have glasses at breakfast? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I feel naked. I feel like I had my glasses and now they're gone. Uh, what should I do? He's like, if you want to go look for him, I'll hold your seat. I'm like, okay, fine, cool. So I bolted out of the keynote stage area where I ran all the way back. It was a good couple hundred yards. I ran to the table where we were sitting. No glasses on the table. No glasses under the table. None on the stone kind of railing above the table. None on the ground. None by the water fountain. None at the Cinnabon counter. None behind the Cinnabon counter. I must not have worn them. They're probably at my room. So I ran another couple hundred yards, it's a huge hotel, to my room, got in, looked on the table, no glasses, looked on my bedstand, no glasses. Where are my glasses? Oh, maybe I went to the bathroom, left them in there. Nope, not in the bathroom. Where in the world are my glasses? All right, well, I guess I lost my glasses. Coming back into the keynote, jump on Marco Polo. Hey, honey, Teresa, could you please order me some new glasses? I lost them today. Oh, well, casualty of connecting and building my network. No problem. Boom. Go back. Watch Mark Cuban. No glasses. I have decent eyes, so I was able to see. Jim's like, where's your glasses? I have no idea. I lost them. He's like, oh, that's a bummer. Leave the meeting. We go to, not Jim and I, but I go with my friend John Shookman, and we jump in an Uber over to Dave Ramsey Studios. Whoa, that was so cool. We got to meet Dave Ramsey, shake his hand, thank him for helping both of us get out of debt, record some stories, and watch a show live. It was awesome. And get the famous chocolate chip cookies, got a mug. It was a really cool experience. On the way back, I was also kind of pressing the time because I had a podcast interview lined up with my new friend, Jerry Dugan, who I had met through some other friends at Podcast Movement. I'm standing there with my friend Vincent Buglisi, another friend that was with Vincent, and they're like, Jerry, do you know Ken? I don't know Ken. They said, you need to meet Ken. Awesome. We talked very briefly. He said, I would love to interview you on my show called Beyond the Rut. I said, awesome, I'd love to. We set up a time, right? And I said, I have an idea. Has anyone ever interviewed you for your own rut? He says, no. I said, Jerry, what if we did two interviews? You interview me on my rut that I've gotten out of, and then I'll interview you on your own show. He's like, I love the idea, let's do it. We scheduled the appointment for 5.30. I was coming back from Dave Ramsey. I'm in a rush, and I'm trudging down the cobblestone path past the Cinnabon like oh that was breakfast that was great that was only a couple hours ago that was Mr. Jim and Inspired then Mark Cuban lost glasses and then Dave Ramsey Studios and now I'm going for a double interview appointment oh this is so much fun big day and I stop before going up to this interview with Jerry Dugan and I just kind of curious I wonder if my glasses are here maybe I overlooked them I didn't see them well okay so I look back at the table nope there is no glasses. Looked on the floor. Nope. Hey, maybe it's a lost and found. 
No lost and found. Walk over to the Cinnabon counter. Nothing there. Look behind it. No. Hey, is there, have you found any glasses today? Nope. Oh, it was worth a try. I'm just kind of standing over by the water fountain. I look in and I see a reflection. The reflection. There were some white streaks in the water fountain. Oh, what the heck is that? The thought occurred to me. My glasses, they're black frames, but the side arms are white. Huh, wouldn't that be funny? And I just kind of meandered over to the water fountain, got a closer look, looked down. Oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. At the bottom of the wishing well, there they were, my glasses folded and perfectly placed inside the water fountain at the bottom. You've got to be kidding me. What amazing luck. What a day. What's one to do who's dressed properly for a conference? I reached my hand and went right down to the bottom and grabbed my glasses. Short sleeves, mind you. And other people are watching. What is this lunatic doing? Is he taking money from the water fountain? Are things that bad for him? He needs a couple bucks? Dude, I'll give you money for a Cinnabon. No. I pull out victoriously holding my glasses. White flashes and all. I shake them off. I dry them off and I put them on my face. I walk over to my meeting with Jerry Dugan. Jerry, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And that comment may air on that podcast. So, lost my glasses, only to be found in the wishing well. So what was I wishing for? I was wishing for a new set of glasses. No, what I'm really wishing for is for me to have the opportunity one day, and looks like very soon, for me to start writing the rest of my books. That was a crazy, crazy story of how one day in the life at a conference can be so exciting. All right, let's get to the episode at hand. I think you're going to really see the connection from the funny story to the main part of this episode. Earlier this summer, I was talking with my editor, my 16-year-old son, Kenny, about his own podcast editing business. I asked him if he'd like to come with me to Nashville for the annual podcast conference that I just mentioned just very shortly ago. He didn't do it. He didn't come with me. No big deal. He had some other conflicts. 16, he's got big plans, right? Actually, it was very important. He was going to a leadership camp where he earned his saber sword, which is a really cool story. If anyone knows the Royal Rangers, my 16-year-old son just earned his Rangers saber, JLDA saber. It's pretty cool. At first, even though he couldn't make it, he didn't understand why he would even want to go or why consider it. And it led into a great discussion that the two of us had on networking and why we build relationships with others in our community, online, nationally. Like, why am I going to Nashville and leaving my family? I'm going to come back to that conversation very soon. But first, let me ask you this question, Mr. and Mrs. Smart Cleaning School listener. Are you building relationships in your local community? Did you answer no? Why aren't you doing this as a strategic part of your work week? Is it because you don't believe it's worth your time because it's just more meetings? Well, allow me to demonstrate with a few stories that I hope to persuade you with. The first one, Kelly Jones. I've interviewed her on this podcast. Go back and listen to it. Her entire Delaware cleaning empire emerged through local networking and serving this network. Next one, Alonzo Adams, someone else I've interviewed on this podcast. Check out my episode, Be a Lighthouse, Not a Buoy, 
for the full story of how Alonzo attended a conference in Las Vegas, which led to him getting contacted by Will Smith's people who are doing a movie in Will Smith's hometown of Philadelphia where Alonzo lives. And he landed a $100,000 plus cleaning contract for multiple months. Not a bad ROI for a conference in Las Vegas. How about this one, my friend Vincent Puglisi? He attended a mastermind retreat in Nashville several years ago when it absolutely wasn't convenient for him to go. He drove there, invested tons of hours and money to go to something he wasn't sure about. But at that conference, he made one connection with a fellow photographer. That's what Vincent was doing at the time. That turned into a $30,000 plus dollar ongoing income stream for the next two years of Vincent's business life. That's pretty cool. I have a friend, Nick Pavlidis. He runs the Ghost Writer School. He's a friend of Vincent and mine. He's at Podcast Movement. In fact, I met Nick through Vincent. Well, I've heard multiple stories about Nick being able to attend conferences and closing $20,000 and above ghostwriting packages at these conferences that he attends. Again, not a bad ROI. How about myself, Ken Carfagno? I attended Debbie Sardone's speed cleaning conference in Dallas, Texas back in 2018 when we were just trying to sell our first cleaning business. It was crazy. We had to get all this stuff done. I don't have time to attend this. I have no money to attend this. We have to sell this business. But I brought a friend with me, Ian, who is very interested in my company. Well, if you heard how I sold my business part one and two, you would know that Ian's the one that bought my business. In fact, he saw the vision of what a cleaning business could do in his life at this conference. And it locked in an $80,000 business sale for my family. It was worth the $1,500 and four days invested. Those are just five stories. Did I win you to the importance of building your network and attending events in person? Great. Let me address the other listener who answered yes for my very first question, that they do local networking and or online and national networking. Congratulations. You are building your network. But are you growing those relationships through serving? Uh-oh, this one may hurt. You might ask, well, what does that mean, Ken? What is serving the relationships in our local or national network? I go to meetings. I talk to people. Well, let me give you some examples. It's many things to me. We can send referrals to some of these people that we know in our network, that we know, like, and trust. We can buy or support their businesses. If they have YouTube channels or podcasts, we can go and like them, subscribe to them, and give reviews on them. We can introduce them to others that we know that they need to know. We can write them thank you notes or send them resources that can help them grow toward their goal, letters, links, etc. It's being on time and purposefully scheduling one-on-one time with them to get to know them, their goals, and even their families better. We build trust and friendships based on the cumulative effect of all of these interactions. Do you get it? Here's an example story that I heard from my friend in a local MCBA group, Marsha Palst. She's from Signs by Tomorrow out of Norristown, Pennsylvania. This is an example of what not to do. Marsha Powell shared a story of a networking group she attended, not the one we were in at that moment. A board member from that group is a printer, successful printer, local, does all kinds of stationery and t-shirts and stuff. Well, 
at this board meeting, another woman, who's a member of the group, she was bragging about her brand new amazing business card that she got from Vistaprint.com. The printer heard this and was pretty upset. Marcia said to our group, she didn't get the point of networking. You see, it's not just a friend's group. This is what Marcia says. This woman may have saved a few bucks at Vistaprint, but she lost the opportunity to serve her network. She could have bought through her friend in the group, assuming that she had a great reputation for quality, and she does. This would have served the group and built her network long-term. She made a short-term decision to save a buck or two. How about this example? I can save money by buying all of my vacuuming supplies online. Seriously, I can. Maybe as much as 15, 20%. But I support my local vacuum store owned by Mr. Clint Miller called CJ Miller Vacuum. I spend more with Clint. Not on everything. I do buy some stuff online. But the stuff that I do invest with Clint, here's what it does. It builds my relationship and trust with a key member of my local cleaning team. Clint is more likely to refer me to his clients that need a great cleaning service in reciprocation of what I had invested in his business. He is also likely to help me when my machines go down and put me in the front of the line, which he has already shown. Plus, I have access to the store when I have questions I can call and ask. This is the benefits and the perks of having relationships with vendors locally. They're part of my network. So I will ask again. Are you building relationships within your network to make it stronger? By the way, each of the six people I just promoted just now are all personal friends in my network that I've met online, in local groups, or at conferences that I serve whenever I get the opportunity. Oh, how about this as a side note? I'm creating a podcast right now where I just mentioned and promoted six of my friends with their business names and links to their businesses. So everyone listening to this podcast now just learned of my six friends and what they do. They just got free promo on a podcast to potentially thousands of listeners. How cool is that? That's how I'm serving my network even right now. So what about you? Those two questions I asked. Are you networking? Yes or no? If no, I prove to you why you should. If you are, are you building relationships and nurturing your network, watering it just like you're growing plants? Are you growing? Are you building no like, and trust factor in your groups? This is absolutely critical. Good. Now let's return to my son. Kenny is building his podcast, Editing Business, and his plan was to start emailing podcasters that aligned with interests to grow his business. He would send them a free tip on how to improve their sound quality with no ask in return. It's a great strategy. It's giving, but it's going to take a long time, I told him. He said, why? I said, Kenny, the leads are cold. I explained to him the concept of the A and the B and the C lists. The A lists are close friends and family. The B lists are mutual friends or connections. And the C lists are people that you don't know, nor do any of your friends. Kenny is starting his marketing and serving approach from the list of people that nobody knows, the C-list. They are all cold and will thus take a lot of emails to generate one client, even with the amazing serving approach that Kenny has. 
the light bulb started going on as I shared this. Kenny, I recently had a CPA firm contact me. I didn't reach out to them, but one of their CPAs followed a few of my webinars on the chamber where I was teaching, and he liked what I was talking about and recommended me to his company. Get this, another CPA from another firm recommended me because they reached out to another CPA and said, do you know any good cleaners? They said, try Ken from Carfagno Commercial Cleaning. Interesting. That's two points to connect, and thus they called me. The CPA firm was warm, possibly even very warm and hot, and it was a B-list. I didn't know them, but people that I know know them. Then I shared the example of our cousin Seth. He's a real estate investor and usually has properties to get cleaned. Now, Seth knows our family very well. He's on our A-list. That's beyond warm. It's a hot lead. So therefore, I didn't have to sell Seth anything. I just said, okay, sure, I'd love to help. Here's some prices. Which one do you want? Boom. It's simple. That's how it works. The, the warmer the contact or the lead, which is A or B, the better chances you have to close a sale with any strategy you're using. And really, you're not even trying to sell. You're just serving. So you really want to get the people up to the point of a warm contact to build more trust and then help them solve their problem. And hopefully your solution will be the one that works. That's called serving. Kenny completely got this and said to me, ah, that's why you do local networking. The bell rung, absolutely. And it's why many do networking but it's not the main reason. I told him, I do, but I also want to be an influencer in our community. I want to serve. So therefore, my mindset is to serve and help people in business. I get known for this. People that I know and trust me from networking groups start to refer me. All of these leads are warm to hot. It takes much less work to convert these into clients versus cold emailing. And when we looked at Kenny's business, he has three podcast editing clients. All of them came through my network. They all know, like, and trust me. So therefore, I was able to transfer that trust onto my son because of my trust. Kenny simply did his free podcast sound tip emails to them after they had already had major interest in hiring Kenny and boom, he closed 100% of those sales. It really is that simple. So I shared this with Kenny next. Kenny, I did not do local networking or online or anything, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. in my first New York business. It took me 12 years to get to a full schedule. I wasn't trying to grow and thus I did it very slow. I took the leads that came to me from real estate and service magic, which is now Home Advisor. I didn't have any community involvement and therefore nobody knew who I was. It's been different in Pennsylvania, Kenny. I got active fast and grew $60,000 in one year during a pandemic. What took me 12 years to do on my own in New York took 12 months in Pennsylvania through building our local network. Then, since podcast movement was already over at this point for the conversation, I said, Kenny, next year podcast movement is happening again. It's going to be in Dallas. If you would like to go... I will pay for your airplane ticket, but you need to buy your ticket to the conference. And I'll pay for the hotel too. So you're going to have to invest in a ticket. He didn't think twice. He said, yes, I want to go because he realized that it is a major investment for him. 
because 2,000 plus podcasters will be at this conference who all need an editor. And he also realizes that I know a lot of them, and if he just sticks around me, he'll get introductions and possibly could walk away with five new clients just from that conference. That would be very worth it to him. Now I'm super excited because I get to go to my first conference with my son. How many dads get to do that? Go to a conference for business with your teenage son. That's going to be so cool. Him and I on an airplane together, going to Dallas, hanging out. He'll be 17 then. It's going to be so cool. So to wrap up, I want to remind you of what my dear friend Alonzo Adams said in a former episode, Powerful Networking. He said this, your network is your net worth. All right, Smart Cleaning School, I hope you got the message loud and clear. Go build your network and build relationships within it. Have an incredible day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed. 